Before we come to Prime Minister's questions, I would like to point out that the British Sign Language Interpretation of Proceedings is available to watch on Parliament Live TV. We now come to questions to Prime Minister David Johnson. Question number one, sir. Start. Uh, Mr Speaker, I can announce to the House that in light of the increasingly threatening behaviour from Russia and in line with our previous support, the UK will shortly be providing a further package of military support to Ukraine. This will include lethal aid in the form of defensive weapons and non-lethal aid. Mr Speaker, I'm sure the whole House will want to join me in congratulating Team GB's curling teams for winning gold and silver medals at the Winter Olympics. And, Mr Speaker, I know that members across the House will want to offer condolences to the family and friends of our former colleague, Sir Richard Shepherd, who sadly died earlier this week. He served as the MP for Aldridge Brownhills for 36 years. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. David Johnson. Thank you, Mr Speaker. By 2027, Didcot in my constituency will be 42% larger than it was a decade earlier. Wantage and Grove will be 59% larger. There are thousands more houses going in Wallingford, Farringdon and all the villages I represent. And not a single new GP surgery. Does my right honourable friend agree that where we build new houses, we have to build new infrastructure so that people can still access the services they need to? Prime Minister. Yes, of course my honourable friend is right, Mr Speaker, and that's why we're making record investments in the NHS and in schools and roads, as we can, Mr Speaker, thanks to the strong growth in our economy, and I'll make sure that he gets a meeting with the relevant minister to discuss his immediate local concerns. We now come to the Leader of the Opposition, Keir Starmer. Uh, thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I join with the comments of the Prime Minister in relation to Sir Richard Shepherd? Mr Speaker, we all want to deter aggression in Europe. We're not dealing with breakaway republics. Putin is not a peacekeeper. A sovereign nation has been invaded. The Prime Minister promised that in the event of an invasion, he would unleash a full package of sanctions. If not now, then when? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, as I said, uh, the UK has been out in uh, front uh, in offering military support to to Ukraine, and I'm grateful for what he said yesterday about the need uh, to make sure that we uh, keep ammunition in reserve for what could be a a protracted struggle over this issue. But let let the House be in no doubt about the extent of the package that has already been uh, set out yesterday and, and what we are already doing. Because, Mr Speaker, I don't think people quite realise uh, that the UK is out in front. We've sanctioned 275 individuals already. Uh, yesterday we announced measures uh, that place banks uh, worth £37 billion, worth £37 billion under sanctions in addition uh, to more oligarchs. And, Mr Speaker, there is more to come. And we will, be, we will be stopping Russia. We will be stopping Russia from raising sovereign debt, stopping companies, Russian companies, from raising money, and stopping Russian, uh, uh, Russian companies, as I said yesterday, even clearing uh, in sterling and dollars on, on international markets, uh, Mr. Speaker. That will hit Putin where it hurts, but it is absolutely vital that after this first 
barrage, uh, we work in lockstep with friends and allies around the world. And we squeeze him simultaneously. We squeeze him simultaneously in London, in Paris, in New York at the same time. Unity, Mr Speaker, is absolutely vital. I hear what the Prime Minister says about sequencing and about further sanctions. But there's already been an invasion. And there's clearly concern across the House that his strategy, I accept unintentionally, could send the wrong message. So, so if the Prime Minister, if the Prime Minister, if the Prime Minister now brings forward his full package of sanctions, including excluding Russia from financial mechanisms like SWIFT and a ban on trading in Russian sovereign debt, he will have the full support of the House. Will he do so? Uh, I'm grateful. Mr Speaker, I think think yesterday, and I'm grateful, by the way, uh, for the general support uh, that the opposition have given, uh, not just to our economic sanctions, but also uh, to the package of of military support, which will, as I have said, intensify. What we want to see, Mr Speaker, is de-escalation. Uh, by Vladimir Putin. There's still, there's still hope that he will, uh, that he will see sense, uh, but we, will, we are ready uh, very rapidly uh, to escalate our sanctions as I have, as I have, as I have set out. And under the measures that uh, this House has already approved, and uh, that we can now target, Mr Speaker, any Russian uh, entity, any Russian individual, uh, we can already target not just the breakaway republics, uh, the, so-called, the so-called breakaway republics in the oblast of uh, Donetsk and Lugansk, we can target members of the Duma who voted to recognise them. This is the most far-reaching piece of legislation of its kind, and I'm glad that it has his support. It does have my support, and if it's used, we will support it. Um, we must also do more to defeat Putin's campaign of lies and disinformation. Russia today is his personal propaganda tool. I can see no reason why it should be allowed to continue to broadcast in this country. So will the Prime Minister now ask Ofcom to review its licence? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I believe that my right honourable friend, the Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport, has already uh, asked Ofcom to review uh, that matter. But, But what I will say, Mr Speaker, is that is that we live in a, in a democracy, Mr Speaker, and we live in a, a country that believes in, in free speech. And uh, I think it's important that we should leave it up to Ofcom rather than to politicians to decide which media organisations are to ban. That's what Russia does. The request was for a review, and I'm very glad to hear that that review is now happening. And, and I'm not... I'm, Mr Speaker, I'm not going to be deflected from the unity that this House needs just at the moment. At the, week, at, the week, at the weekend, the Prime Minister said that if Russia invades Ukraine, he will open up the matryoshka dolls of Russian-owned companies and Russian-owned entities to find the ultimate beneficiaries within. Well, Russia has invaded, and it's time to act. If the Prime Minister brings forward the required legislation to do this, he will have Labour's support. Yeah, yeah. So will he commit to do so in the coming days? Yes. Prime Minister. 
Mr. Speaker, we are, we are as, I, as I said, uh, bringing forward in the next wave of sanctions measures that will stop all Russian banks, all oligarchs, all uh, Russian individuals raising money on, uh, on London uh, markets. And uh, we are also accelerating, uh, Mr. Speaker, the Economic Crime Bill, which will enable us in the UK to peel back the in the next session, Mr. Speaker, to peel back the facade, to peel back the facade of beneficial ownership of, of property in, uh, in, in the UK and of companies. It's gone on for far too long. Uh, we are going to tackle it under this government, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, but on all these measures, I think it is very, very important uh, that the House remembers they are more effective when all financial centres move forward together. And that is, that is what the UK has been organising. Mr Speaker, I think I heard the Prime Minister say that the Economic Crime Bill will be in the next session. I, I hope I misheard that. But I can assure him, if he brings it forward in this session, in coming days, it will have our support. There's no reason to delay this. Let me also turn to the Elections Bill. As it stands, the Bill would allow unfettered donations from overseas to be made to UK political parties from shell companies and individuals with no connections to the UK. Labour has proposed amendments that protect our democracy from the flood of foreign money drowning our politics. We can all now see how serious this is. So will the Prime Minister now change course and support these measures in the House of Lords? Mr Speaker, we have very tough laws, tough rules in this country uh, to stop foreign donations. Uh, we, don't accept, uh, we don't accept foreign uh, donations. You have to be on the on the register of uh, the UK Electoral Register to give uh, to a UK political party. And uh, before he starts chucking it around, Mr Speaker, I just remind him, his, the largest single corporate donation uh, to the Labour Party came from a member of the Chinese Communist Party. No, 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 Mr Speaker. At this moment, as the House agreed yesterday, we have to stand united. And I'm not going to be deflected from that. I note the Prime Minister, the Prime Minister did not agree to change the Elections Bill. I think that's a mistake, and I ask him to take it away and look at it again, those amendments in the Lords. Putin has invaded a sovereign European nation. He is attacked because he fears openness and democracy and because he knows that, given a choice, people will not choose to live under erratic, violent rule. He seeks division. We must stay united. He hopes for inaction, so we must take a stand. He believes that we're too corrupted to do the right thing, so we must prove him wrong. And I believe that we can. So will the Prime Minister work across the House to ensure that this is the end of the era of oligarch impunity by saying that this House and this country will no longer be homes for their loot. Mr Speaker, I don't think any government could conceivably be doing more to root out corrupt Russian money. And that is what what we are going to do. And I think we can be proud of what we've already done and of the measures that we have set up. And, Mr Speaker, I'm genuinely grateful uh, for the tone of his last question and for the support support, 
uh, he has given. And he is right that it is absolutely vital that we in the UK should stand united. And people around the world can see that the UK was the first to call out what President Putin was doing uh, in uh, Ukraine. Uh, we've been instrumental in bringing the world together, the Western world together in lockstep to deal with the, uh, the problem, uh, to bring together the economic package of sanctions that I, uh, that I have set out. And Mr Speaker, there is still time for President Putin, as I've said, to de-escalate. But what is at stake, be in absolutely no doubt, is not just the democracy of Ukraine, but the principle of democracy around the world. And that is why the unity of this House is so important today. And it is absolutely vital that the United Kingdom stands uh, together against aggression in Ukraine. And I am grateful for the, the broad support that we've had today from the Leader of the Opposition. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Following last week's Q&A at the Shepley Village Association and after receiving a huge number of complaints from constituents, it is clear that speeding is a major problem, not just in Shepley, but across all parts of Dewsbury, Murfield, Kirkburn and Denbydale. Rather than action being taken after people have been killed or seriously injured in collisions, would my right honourable friend agree with me that prevention is better than the cure and that the Department for Transport Circular 2007 needs a long overdue review. Prime Minister. Uh, yes, Mr Speaker. Look, I, I, I thank him and I share his passion on this issue as a, as a cyclist and I do think that uh, we need to crack down on uh, speeding, which does play a, a, a role in uh, excessive uh, and deaths on our, on our roads, and uh, the Department of Transport is updating uh, the circular that he, uh, that he mentions uh, on the use of speed and red light cameras, and uh, I'd urge him to get in touch with my rather honourable friend, the Secretary of State. Leader of the SNP, Ian Blackford. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Yesterday, this side of the House made clear that the SNP stands united against the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and this needs to be included with tougher and stronger sanctions. But as the Chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee rightly said, we shouldn't be waiting for Russia to attack others to clean up the corruption and Russian money which has been fueling in the UK. Under the Tories, a sewer of dirty Russian money has been allowed to run through London for years. I went to the Prime Minister, the then Foreign Secretary, in 2017, and I raised the issue of limited partnerships, 113 of which have been used to move $20.8 billion out of Russian banks. Corruption on an industrial scale. Why did the Prime Minister do nothing back then? And why is he still doing nothing now? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, I, I, I'm grateful to him. He's, you know, he's, uh, I, I think that uh, he, he was right to come to me then, and uh, I've always enjoyed uh, talking to him, as, I, as I've told him many times. I think he's right on, on the issue. We do need to stop corrupt uh, Russian money in London and every other financial capital. That's why we've already taken uh, the steps that we, we have taken, but we are going much further to uncloak the, the true owners of Russian companies and uh, Russian properties uh, in this country. And, uh, and high time, Mr Speaker, no country is doing more than the UK to tackle this issue. Mr Speaker, that meeting was five years ago and I offered to work with the Prime Minister five years ago and nothing has happened. The truth is that Russian oligarchs who give the right people in power a golden handshake have been welcomed into London for years. 
Their activities weren't stopped. They were encouraged. And plenty of these golden handshakes just so happened to find their way into the coffers of the Conservative Party. Mr Speaker, £2.3 million, in fact, since the Prime Minister took office. A leading American think tank has publicly raised concerns, and I quote, about the close ties between Russian money and the United Kingdom's ruling Conservative Party are a block to stronger sanctions. How can our allies trust this Prime Minister to clean up dirty Russian money in the UK when he won't even clean up his own political party? Will he finally commit, finally commit to giving up the £2.3 million his party has raised in from Russian oligarchs? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I, I just think it's very important for the House to understand uh, we do not raise money from uh, Russian oligarchs. Uh, people, who, people who give money to this... To this to this, they, they are, they, we raise money uh, from people who are registered to vote on the UK Register of Interest. And that is, that is, how, that is how we do it, Mr Speaker. And I think, I think his, indignation, uh, his indignation is, I'm afraid, uh, a, a bit much, coming from, uh, coming from somebody uh, whose very own Alex Salmond uh, is, a leading, is, is a, leading, a leading presenter a leading presenter, on, as far as I know, on Russia today, which the, which the leader of the opposition has just called on this country to ban. So, Bill The River Y, pollution, flooding, house building and the wider environment are all important to my right honourable friend. So will he meet me to discuss the future of the Environment Agency? Oh, Prime Minister. Well, I'm always happy to, to meet my... Uh, my, my honourable friend, uh, and I congratulate him on his on his recent uh, elevation. But, Mr. Speaker, uh, I, I also I also must say that I think the Environment Agency uh, faces many challenges and, do, and does an outstanding job of building flood defences. Uh, 314,000 homes are better protected than since 2015, and we continue to invest massively uh, to help them. But I'm always always happy to meet him. Caroline Lucas. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Yesterday, when I asked the Prime Minister about Russian meddling in UK elections, he looked very shifty before claiming he wasn't aware of any. Yet, when he was was Foreign Secretary... When he was Foreign Secretary in 2017, in a joint press conference with the Russian Foreign Minister, when Lavrov claimed there was no evidence that Russia had interfered in UK elections in any way, the now Prime Minister corrected him by saying there was no evidence of successful interference. So can the Prime Minister tell us what evidence he has seen of unsuccessful interference? Has he actually read the Russia report, which is very clear that there is credible evidence of interference? And given that And given that, as his Defence Secretary said earlier this week, information is as powerful as any tank, can he explain why he's turning a blind eye to allegations of Russian disruption and playing fast? Order. Order. I hope you're coming to the end of the question. I do need to... 
Orlando. Speaker, I could be a lot faster if I wasn't being barracked by the side opposite. I think the challenge is that I do want to get the front benches moving quickly. We want to get speed into it, so I'm sure it's the end now. Given that, as his Defence Secretary said earlier this week, that information is as powerful as any tank, can he explain why he is turning a blind eye to allegations of Russian disruption? Why is he playing fast and loose with our order, national order. Prime Minister. I repeat what I told her ages ago, if I think I've got it right. I've seen absolutely no evidence of successful Russian uh, in interference in any of our uh, any of any election or any electoral event, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Bacon. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I welcome the uh, steps the government is taking to help hardworking families in Orpington this year with their energy bills, and the majority of people receive at least £350 of support. But can my right honourable friend confirm? that even those not eligible for the council tax rebate will still receive additional support thanks to discretionary funding set aside for local authorities. Prime Minister. Uh, my, my honourable friend is absolutely right, and uh, I can tell him that uh, the people of Orpington and elsewhere uh, will receive support if, if, uh, if they don't qualify for the council tax uh, rebate from the £144 million fund uh, that he rightly mentioned. Chloe McCarthy. How does the Prime Minister think it looks when we're in a cost of living crisis with our constituents struggling to put food on the table or coats um, on their kids' backs, when the members of his cabinet are throwing their toys out of the pram because they want to eat foie gras and wear fur? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr. Speaker, we are tackling uh, the cost of living crisis, which is caused by a global uh, inflation spike, uh, with everything we can do. Uh, and I, and I thank my right honourable friend, the Chancellor, in particular, uh, for what he's doing to abate the cost of energy, lifting the living wage uh, by the biggest ever amount, Cut, helping people on universal credit, Mr. Speaker. And the, and the single best thing that we've done on, on the cost of living, Mr. Speaker, is making sure that we've got millions more people into work, 430,000 more in employment now than there were before the pandemic began. That's how we're tackling the cost of living, Mr. Speaker, and we'll get on with it. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Last month I held a careers fair at the Woodlands campus of Solihull College. It trains apprentices for the automotive, construction and aviation industry. These apprentices are talented and hardworking, and this is why Flybe has chosen Birmingham Airport in my constituency as their national headquarters. Will the Prime Minister take up my invitation to visit Solihull College and meet these wonderful apprentices, and then also visit Birmingham Airport to see how the aviation industry is recovering from the pandemic? Uh, Mr Speaker, I'm only too happy, thrilled to uh, visit uh, uh, my, my honourable friend in Meriden at, at any time. Uh, Mr Speaker, the member for Sherwood is currently under investigation for Islamophobia following accusations he told a fellow MP that her being a Muslim was making colleagues uncomfortable. How did the government punish this behaviour? with a promotion that puts the accused member in charge of the complaints procedure. And of course, Mr Speaker, we all know that the Prime Minister himself is no stranger to derogatory remarks about Muslim women. So let me, order, let order, me order, ask the order, Prime Minister... Order. This is not the appropriate place to be raising this. We now go to Nicky Aitken. Thank you, Mr Speaker. I have just come from a meeting with the London Pedicabs Operators Association. 
Transport for London, Department of Transport, where sadly the honourable member for Christchurch confirmed that on Friday he will be objecting once again to my pedicabs London bill, which means it will fall. Does my honourable friend agree with me that it is time that we legislated for pedicabs yeah, to make yeah. sure that they are safe for women and girls to yeah, use, yeah, that yeah, we rid yeah. ourselves of the, the dodgy fares and that, that the noise that they create is, will he work with me to legislate and regulate pedicabs once yeah, and for all? Mr Speaker, when I was Mayor of London, I always yearned to be in a position uh, to put this through Parliament, uh, and now I am. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm very grateful to her. We will make sure that we give uh, parliamentary time uh, to make this possible. And I think it will be a boon for cyclists. It will be a boon, Mr Speaker, for taxi drivers. And it's high time we did it. Thank you, Mr Speaker. We have a humanitarian crisis of food poverty in all the constituencies represented in this House. We've got more food banks than McDonald's, and people now face starving or freezing in their homes at this very moment because of the horrific cost of living crisis, but because of political choices that have been made by this Government. In 2015, the Government signed up to delivering the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals domestically, including ending hunger. Can the Prime Minister tell me who and what department is responsible for delivering this goal to end hunger domestically? And can he send me a copy of the plan to deliver it? Mr Speaker, the whole of government is engaged in that, in that campaign and, and to that end uh, we expanded free school meals uh, for five to seven year olds which helps uh, 1.3 million tr- children. We boosted the Healthy Start vouchers uh, by a third uh, Mr Speaker and of course there's a holiday uh, food and activities uh, programme uh, that uh, continues to run the £200 million fund. But the best thing that we, uh, we can do as a country, as a society is keep going uh, with our, our plan for economic growth uh, with higher wage higher skilled jobs, uh, putting bread on, the food, uh, bread on the table of families up and down this country. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Speciality Steels is an important steelworks in Stocksbridge in my constituency. It produces high-quality steel and it's provided high-value jobs for generations. But sadly, following the collapse of Greensill Capital, the parent company, Liberty, has faced financial uncertainty for some time, threatening the business and thousands of jobs. So does my right honourable friend agree with me that the steel industry sits at the heart of our levelling up agenda? And will he commit to looking at all options to support the business through this period of uncertainty, as the government has done so effectively for Forge Masters and British Steel? Prime Minister. I I thank her very much, and I thank her for everything she does to 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 champion steel. Uh, And I, I, I think she's right. I think that it is of strategic importance for our country, and we've got to look at ways in which we can help the steel industry Uh, to have access to uh, cheaper, low-carbon energy. And this government will will do everything we can uh, to ensure that that happens. Uh, But so far, we've provided over £600 million uh, since 2013 to help with the cost uh, of energy. And uh, and we have... Uh, we've, uh, reduced, we've, we've also put in a £350 million uh, uh, industrial energy transformation fund. But I want to stress to the House that that alone uh, will not be enough as we transition uh, to a low-carbon future. I think that hydrocarbons must also have their place. Robert Keeler. 
Thank you, Mr Speaker. Unpaid family carers are treated appallingly by this government. I'm not talking about paid care staff in care homes, but people who provide care unpaid for family members. While food and energy costs skyrocket, carers' allowance is increasing in April by only £2 to a miserly £69 a week. But this insulting amount will now be more than swallowed up by paying the £2.50 cost of a single lateral flow test so that carers can keep the person they care for safe. How can the Prime Minister justify this tax on caring? I, I thank her very much, and I think that the whole House understands uh, the, the pressures on, on carers and the, the immense amount uh, that they contribute uh, to our society, and uh, we are doing our, our best to support people throughout our, our, our country. Uh, we can't, I think, the House also understands that we can't uh, indefinitely support uh, free, uh, free, universal uh, free testing. Uh, what, we are doing, what we are doing is uh, uprating the, the carers' allowance, and of course, uh, carers are also entitled uh, to the increases that we're putting through in universal credit. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Can I follow up my right honourable friend's statement on Monday on removing the COVID restrictions? I welcome the support, the further support for the immunosuppressed. Will he ensure the NHS reviews the system for identifying the most vulnerable, as I think some who are at risk are in danger of being missed? for example, those with blood cancers, and will he then ensure that the relevant testing and antibody, antiviral drugs will be readily available alongside boosters for the immunosuppressed, but also for their carers? Yes, uh, he, he's making a, a very important point about the, uh, about the immunosuppressed and, and, the, and the need to identify them correctly. Uh, we currently think there are 1.3 million. Yes, of course, uh, they will have access not only to testing but also uh, to vaccines, to, to boosters and uh, priority access for new uh, therapeutics and antivirals. Senator. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Last October, a promising young footballer in my Ilford South constituency called Cameron Khalid, who was a former winner of Chelsea FC's Asian Star Scheme and played for the famous Senrab FC in Wanstead, was on his way home to see his mum after finishing at the gym and he was stabbed 24 times, murdered just yards from his front door. One of the perpetrators, alleged perpetrators, was as young as 15. So, Mr Speaker, I would hope that the Prime Minister would agree with me that far more needs to be done to stamp out the scourge of knife crime, including addressing the underlying causes. And would he agree to meet me and Cameron's mother, Samina, who said that losing her 18-year-old son has left a void in her heart forever? discuss what more can be done to make our streets safer and ensure that other families do not ever have to suffer this heartbreaking loss. Prime Minister. Uh, uh, Mr Speaker, I I must say that I I totally uh, agree with I share his feelings about his constituents and and the the tragic loss of of, uh, the the family concerned. And we must crack down uh, more on knife crime. It's one of the reasons we're putting more police out on the uh, the streets. Uh, And it's also why we're rounding up the county lines drugs gangs. And and I think they play a big part in this, uh, sadly. We've we've done 2,000 so far. Uh, There is more to do. That's why we're recruiting many more uh, police and giving them the powers they need to come down hard on these gangs. Andy Carter. Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. The Government's commitment of £25 million for a new electric bus fleet in Warrington will have a transformational effect on public transport across Warrington. 
Does the Prime Minister agree with me that the right way to spend that £25 million is by buying British-made buses, supporting highly skilled jobs, manufacturing jobs, right across the United Kingdom? Uh, yes, uh, Mr Speaker, I want to th- I'll thank my honourable friend who is a great champion uh, for Warrington. Uh, and, uh, and Warrington has secured £20 million Mr. Speaker, for new zero emission buses. And I'm, I'm delighted to say in a statistic that I can barely believe, but is in, your, in my brief, that 80% of buses in Britain's urban areas are already produced domestically. Uh, Mr. Speaker, which is, which is a fantastic thing, and I hope, and I hope, and I know that we all want to see more of that. And I hope that Warrington will consider excellent UK bus manufacturers when they come to their next contract. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Yesterday, the Prime Minister told me that we can sanction Duma members with the government's new sanctions package. The Right Honourable Member for Braintree told the House that we can sanction Duma members not through the new regime but as an extension of pre-existing sanction rules. Yet this morning, the Foreign Secretary said that the legislation for sanctions against Duma members will take weeks to be made legally watertight. So, Prime Minister, who is right? How can we say we're standing strong against Russian aggression when our sanctions response is such a muddle and such a mess? Mr Speaker, uh, I think the whole House will agree, or I hope the whole House will agree, that it's quite a thing uh, to sanction parliamentarians. Uh, and that is what uh, we're doing. Uh, that, is what we're, that is what we're doing. And not only that, uh, we were putting forward just in the last couple of days the biggest package of sanctions against Russia that this country has ever introduced, and we're coming forward with even more. And uh, they will have an impact not just on Duma members, uh, people who who voted uh, for the secession of the oblasts of Donetsk and uh, Lugansk, they will have an impact on the entire Putin regime. And I'm glad that the Labour opposition, uh, at least for now, supports them. Thank you, Mr Speaker. This is day six for thousands of households across East Sussex who have no power and no water. As we become more and more reliant on electricity, we must become more resilient. Can I ask the Prime Minister to ensure that the utility companies work together, that water companies have to have generators in place so that the water doesn't fail when the power does, and that local resilience forums are fit for purpose and communicate with their local community. We need more help on this, Prime Minister. Please help us. Prime Minister. Uh, I thank him very much for uh, what he said about people in East Sussex, and I just want to say I, I know how, uh, uh, how tough it is for people who have been uh, short of power for, for days on end. And uh, it is no consolation to them for me to say that 97% of uh, who lost power have now been reconnected, but we're working as fast as we can with local authorities, uh, with the electricity companies, to make sure that they get their power back, but also ensuring uh, that we build in more resilience for the future. Jamie Stone. Mr Speaker, let's be quite clear about this. Is it not an absolute disgrace that a Privy Councillor an advisor to the Queen and a former First Minister of Scotland sees fit to broadcast his half-baked world views week after week on Russian television. Mr Speaker, that was a, a brilliant, powerful question with which I think the whole House uh, assented. Would it not have been more powerful if it had come from the leader of the Scottish Nationalist Party? Daniel Kuczynski. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. The Prime Minister will have seen the devastation in Shrewsbury of the flooding of the River Severn. This is the third year in a row that Shrewsbury has faced these appalling floods. I chair the caucus of 44 Conservative MPs who have the River Severn, Britain's longest river, flowing through their constituencies. Will he help me and, and our caucus to do everything possible to find a long-term solution to managing Britain's longest river? And in the meantime, we have put forward four opportunities for flood defences in Shrewsbury to DEFRA. Would he please take an interest in these? Because Shrewsbury cannot afford a fourth year in a row of flooding. Prime Minister. Uh, I, I thank him very much for, for what he's said. And he uh, he's, he's completely right in what, in, uh, what he says about the Severn and the, the, the violence of flooding uh, in the Severn, which I've seen for myself, in the Severn area, which I've seen for myself uh, several times. There are still flood warnings uh, in, uh, in place uh, along uh, the Severn, uh, Mr. Speaker. All I can tell him is that we are working flat out uh, to, uh, to put the uh, remediations in place to help people who have uh, suffered from flooding, uh, but also investing £5.2 billion uh, in the flood defences of this country. David. The leader in this morning's Times is a scathing criticism of the government's limited sanctions against Russia. If the Prime Minister won't listen to members of this House, would he at least listen to the Times newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. Prime Minister. Uh, uh, Mr Speaker, I, I have the utmost respect for uh, the, the media and, uh, of course, I uh, study, study as much as I possibly can, but I have to say I think that the package that the UK uh, has put forward uh, has, has, been, uh, has been leading the world uh, and there is, there is more to come. And, uh, Mr Speaker, I hear, I hear uh, somebody uh, on the opposite benches say that this is, uh, this is so far weak. It's not. It's going to be it's strong. It's going to be very strong. Uh, something that would be strong, Mr Speaker, would be to take the whip away from the 14 members of the Labour Party uh, who, 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 who say that the aggressor in Ukraine is NATO. That would be a, that would be a strong thing to do. That's the end of Prime Minister's question. Point of order, Bridget Phillipson.